0: the faith of Rahab as we continue our look at the women in the Bible we come to Rahab the harlot some people in the Bible are mentioned in connection with their occupation Abel was a shepherd Matthew was a tax collector Peter was a fisherman and Saul was a tent maker but the, women, the woman in the Bible we'll look at tonight had an occupation that wasn't really considered a good one. What was Rahab? Rahab was a harlot, a prostitute. Just about every time that she's named in the Bible, harlot is somewhere around it. Think about that. She is named over and over again and is known for the worst season in her life. While that seems sad, really it should be, without a doubt, something that brings us joy. Because what we see is that the Lord can save anyone. Amen? Anyone. Rahab's character is the exact opposite of the other woman named in Hebrews chapter 11, Sarah. She was not part of the family of Abraham. And her even being named in the hall of faith chapter makes you wonder why. But look at what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31 says. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she had received the spies with peace. What we will see tonight is that her story is significant in understanding who God is and what faith in Him is really all about. If you would turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 2, and I'd like to look at the story of Rahab. Joshua chapter 2. We see in the context Joshua has just crossed over the Jordan and is now about to go into Jericho and take it over. The judgment of the city of Jericho was about to take place. And Bible nerds, this is something you may enjoy. I love it. I can eat it up all day. Genesis chapter 15 Verses 16 through 19, and really a little bit before, get into the uh, the promise that was made to Abraham, the covenant that was made to Abraham about them going into the promised land. And I do want to read this, and, and it will come up in just a minute uh, while I'm just thinking about it. In Genesis chapter 15, uh, he says, In verse 15, he says, Now as for you, talking about Abram, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. And verse 16 says, But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. We see the completion of that, and Rahab actually talks about it uh, in just a little bit. But we see that when God says something what happens? It becomes truth, doesn't it? That's the incredible thing about the Old Testament. The things that he said would happen, we see happen. The things that he said was going to take place would take place. And now we come to uh, verse 1 in Joshua chapter 2. Let's look at it. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia grove, To spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you. You have entered. Who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. Verse 6. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order uh, on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. The first thing I want us to consider this evening about uh, Rahab is the lie. She told Rahab a lie. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of controversy over this. How can uh, somebody who lies be in Hebrews chapter 11? How in the world can God uh, allow somebody who lies like this be in this great chapter of people with faith? You know, I read, I was reading on this, and this is a pretty interesting thought. The laws of Eastern hospitality uh, back in those times uh, said, whoever, even your worst enemy, if they came and ate at your table, you were bound to save their life from anything. So uh, honoring the guest was one of the highest moral laws in these heathen cultures, which was incredible. So whatever you had to do, to save them, to help them. You did it. So what does Rahab do? She does what she knows. She lies. (laughs) She covers it up. She fixes the situation where they don't know where the spies are at. But how is that in God's eyes? Isn't that one of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not lie, right? Don't lie. Don't uh, make something up that is not true. But here's the interesting thing about that. While she lied, God shows mercy to her. Why is that? It's because of her faith. This faith thought goes really deep. And I hope that this strengthens you. I hope that this encourages you to know that God is willing to forgive anybody. See, doesn't that show us something about God right here at the beginning of this story? We know in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Paul, uh, Peter says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But as long suffering toward us, not that uh, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is that something different uh, than Yahweh in the Old Testament? Is that something different than how Jehovah felt in the old law? Absolutely not. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter uh, what you've done. What matters is who you put your faith in. Amen? Isn't it a true statement that God can mold anybody who's willing? I appreciate that. I'm thankful for that. You know, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, starting in about verse 9, it gives us all those things that the kingdom, uh, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But what does he say about verse 11? He says, and such were some of you, right? I think lion was in there somewhere. And such were some of you. God is not looking to punish. God is looking to save. Amen. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. But here's the reality. God is a just God. God does not approve of sin. God will not accept sin because God is perfect. But the encouraging thing that we can get from Rahab is she was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But God can make isn't this a reoccurring theme, a reoccurring thought? God can make the worst situations work out for his glory. Isn't that what Romans 8, 28 says? All things work together. Any situation, whether it be at the very beginning of time or at the very end, is all the same thread. God wants you to be successful. God wants Rahab to be successful God wanted Jericho to be successful but they didn't want it he gave them a long period of time hundreds of years to turn to him which brings us to the next thought the lie is one thing but what's impressive about Rahab is the understanding watch what happens look at verse 8 now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to, those, to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shion and Og, who you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Incredible God comes in to judge a society. He's about to destroy this entire city because of their wickedness and their outright unbelief in the one true God. His people are outside of the gates. Everyone in the city of Jericho knew who they were and who they represented. We see it from the text and had every chance to go and try to make things right with the Lord but only one does it. Only one, it wasn't the king, it wasn't one of the soldiers, it wasn't one of the doctors in the city, no, it was a harlot. How incredible is that thought, brethren? God can use anyone. Don't ever think that you're not worth God's time. Don't ever think that what you uh, bring to the table isn't something that God can completely use and make for his glory and for his honor. Because that is a false statement. That is a false narrative that you put in your mind and Satan wants to just run with it and discourage you, and keep you in your seat, and keep you real, real quiet. But she was a sinner, a sinner who believed in the true God, and she showed it, amen? See, verse 9, she says, I know that the Lord God has given you the land. I know it and watch what happens it says that the terror of you has fallen on us and and that all inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you now what can we learn from these statements what can we learn from what Rahab what did she understand think about Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31 is this not a true statement It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Brethren, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Are we here tonight and we're still playing with sin? Are we still mingling with sin? Are we still having a good time enjoying some of those sinful things? Judgment was coming on the inhabitants of Jericho, and they were in terror. They were faint-hearted. Brethren, we need to live our lives the same way when it comes to sin, amen? What a powerful application. Why is that? Because we know that God is watching, and when we're a part of these things, how happy is he? He is not pleased whatsoever. You remember Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7? If you want to be successful as a Christian, this is what you have to understand. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. But what is the flip side of that? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Even though they were faint-hearted, even though they were in terror, what did they do? It's almost like the the demons, right? They believe and they shudder, but what do they not do? They don't act upon it. You see the connections in the Word of God, y'all? I mean, it's incredible. It is the exact same. It is the exact same stuff. No matter what covenant you're in, no matter what age you're in, faith without works doesn't cut it. Amen? How can you show me your faith without your works? You can't do it. Because if you really have faith, you're gonna put the work in because you understand what's been given to you. Rahab knew who the Lord was she knew what he had done she knew the things that he was possible uh, that he possibly could do and he knew what was going to happen to Jericho she knew this everyone else couldn't do it but Rahab the harlot did it didn't matter who she was she wasn't embarrassed about it it did not matter to her she said, I know the Lord has given you the land. I love that verse. She says, we've, we've heard about uh, the Red Sea drying up and you being able to walk across it. And, and we, we saw and we've heard about uh, the things that you did to the two kings when you uh, destroyed the Amorites. The fulfilled promise to Abraham. Abraham. And verse 11 says, and as soon as we heard of these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Why? Why? Because they knew they could not beat God. Catch this application in your struggle with sin sometimes, brethren. Use this application. What a great thought when we're doing things that are contrary to the Lord. Do we know that we can't beat God either? <laughs> do we know that we can't sneak around and do those things that, you know, maybe he won't see it this time or uh, maybe I'll do it this way and he just won't catch me as, as hard this time. We can't beat God either, can we, Brethren. We can't hide and cover up a secret lifestyle from the Almighty. And the sooner we have that mind frame, the sooner we leave sin completely alone. I can't beat him. I remember playing a basketball team when I was younger. Uh, They lived, they was across the city. And I mean, we could not beat them, that team. We couldn't beat them. We'd practice as hard as we could. We'd get our minds right. we get so ready to do it, and we get into the game, and before you knew it, we was down 15 to nothing every time. It was disheartening. So what ends up happening with our team when we get ready to play them? They're not trying to practice. I mean, I'm sick, actually. I can't even make it this time, right, to the game. Think about that if we deal with it in the way of doing sin. I cannot win. I cannot get away with it. I cannot do the things that I think I can do so nobody will know, so why even try it? But what do we do? We do it on the flip side, right? We use it to our advantage. We're all sinners, and we've all sinned, and we all fall short of the glory. So, I mean, what's the use? I'll just sin, and it'll be okay. I mean, God knows it, really. Do we wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Today I'm not going to sin, Lord. Today's the day. I've been praying for this day. The day has come, Heavenly Father. I'm not going to sin one time. I'm not going to say one thing wrong. I'm not going to do one thing out of line. I'm going to do everything that I'm supposed to do. And when I do it and I close my eyes and I pray to you tonight, I'm going to say, Lord, you are an awesome God. And worthy to be praised. I appreciate you allowing me to do this. Rahab knew who they were up against. What does Rahab understand? Not Rahab the scholar. Not Rahab the professor. Rahab the sinner of all sinners. She knows who God is and what he's about and therefore wants to be shown kindness, mercy, because of her kindness she showed to these spies. You think about the simplicity of the gospel. Isn't that it? Whosoever will can be a part of this family. Whoever wants it can be a part of it. It doesn't matter who you are. Come, anybody, and you can have this. The third thing to consider is the mercy. Look at verse 12. It says, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me uh, by the Lord since I have shown you kindness that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters and all uh, that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be, when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. She led them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street his blood shall be on his own head and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on your head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. I know that's a lot of reading, but just follow me just a little bit more. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. They departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain, and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. The deal was made. And the way Rahab and her family will be saved is to keep quiet, stay in the house, and put this scarlet cord outside the window and wait. Turn with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 6, and let's look at the end of this story, and then we'll make a couple applications, and the lesson will be yours, brethren. <coughs> this story is such a cool story, isn't it? I mean, they walk around, they walk around these walls, and then they come crumbling down. Tell me you ain't gotta keep God's commands. Tell me you ain't got to do it according to a pattern. That's just not true, is it, brethren? Verse 20 says, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the uh, people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep, and donkey with the edge of the sword. But Joshua, think about it, in the midst of all of this going on, in the midst of all of this stuff going on, what does Joshua say? And he said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. What an awesome story. What we see is the Lord delivers Rahab and her whole family from utter destruction. And what saved her? The scarlet cord on the window, huh? Staying in the room with all the people who was going to be saved and keeping quiet listening to the instructions and therefore when it came time they were saved things to consider just a couple things the city of Jericho and everything in it was devoted was uh, devoted to destruction These cities that were in the promised land had long ago turned from the Lord and were a cancer upon humanity in doing the most ungodly and terrible acts you could ever imagine. Burning and burying children. Could you imagine? Burning and burying children. Terrible immoral worship. Outright disrespect to the Lord. Because of their immorality, because of their enjoyment of sin, and because of their denial to believe in the one true God and his judgment, it came upon them. Just like them, sin today is not acceptable period the wages of sin is what death isn't it brethren colossians chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us this therefore put to death your members which are on the earth fornication uncleanliness passion evil desire and covetousness (coughs) which is idolatry excuse me Because of these things, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. But just like that scarlet thread saved Rahab and her family, we have something that saves us now, don't we? The blood of Jesus. How incredible is that? How excited are you when you hear those words? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, it doesn't get old to me. I don't know about you, but I hope it never gets old to me. And if it does, come and call me out. Will you please? I never want to be satisfied with just the blood of Jesus being normal. It's incredible. It washes, it cleanses, it makes things white as snow. A prostitute. A woman of the worst order came to know the true God. She believed in him so much that she put her life on the line. Think about this woman. She had no spiritual advantage. She knew nothing about the law. She knew nothing about the Sabbath day. She had no scriptures. She had no teachers. She lived in a terrible and immoral city. She was the sinner to the biggest degree. But she had something special. She had faith in God. She had faith. I don't know if you ever heard this. That could move mountains. That's what I want. I want that faith. There was no doubting in her mind who God was and who could save her. It was that, it was what drew her to the truth of God, to accept warnings of God and to fear the judgment of God. We can see her faith the best in the statements in verse 9. I know the Lord has given you the land. And in verse 11 she says, For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and on the earth beneath. See, if it's true faith, it can stand a test, right? Catch the, if you don't catch any more of the lesson, just catch these last statements right here. See, if we have true faith, it can stand the test, right? And what we see is her faith was tested. She was willing to put her life on the line, What separated her from the rest of Jericho? Was it her intelligence? Was it her exemplary life? No, it was her faith. Faith. James chapter 2, verse 24 and 25 says, You see, then, that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? She was about the business. Are we? What does the scarlet thread mean to Rahab? It's what saved her and her family. When the spies saw it, they went and got them out, didn't they? The scarlet cord is just like the blood of our Savior Jesus. Let this be your verse this week, brethren. Let this be your encouragement. Let this be something you hold fast to. Let this be something that you don't forget as you're going through those tough times this week when people are real smart aleck to you, when people are saying some real crazy things to you, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. You weren't weren't redeemed with silver and gold, that petty stuff. Nah. (laughs) Nah. You weren't uh, redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. No, you was redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He did it for us. He wanted to do it for us. How much will we show our appreciation this week? In Joshua 6 25, it says, Joshua spared Rahab, and she was living in Israel to that day because of her faith. Brethren, be strong, be courageous, don't give up on what you're doing, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Study to show yourself approved, be a workman who's not ashamed. Know how to rightly divide that word. And when you run into the tough situation, when you run into that snare that Satan sets up for you, take a look at it and say, not this time, buddy. (laughs) You're going to have to come with something better than that. My God's real big, and my God does real big things. Maybe you're here today and you are struggling. Maybe you are here today and you need prayers. You can come and we can pray with you. But maybe you're here today and you need to obey the gospel. What a blessing it was. Last week we had two new sisters added to the family. I mean, prayers have been answered, and what a blessing that is. If you want to be added to the family, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to become a Christian, come right now. Together we stand and sing.